You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 47 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined by my co-host, John. John, how you going, mate? Going okay. Kind of a relaxed week this week. Um, yes. Otherwise, I right. last week. <laughs> well, it's getting it's less hot. up again. So it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, get, it's exciting how much cooler it's been. Um, so you can actually move without like melting. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a very special guest joining us once again. It's Mr. Kai Holroyd. How you doing, buddy? Hello, hello. I am, I am great. I'm thrilled to be back once again. I always think I'm done and I scuttle back in. <laughs> It's game of the year time. It's it's time to get all the superstars back. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> the face of Double Jump. <laughs> oh, you know, the, the good old mascot. Uh, for folks at home, I guess everyone who can't see, he's Kai's sporting a very um like very manly beard at the moment. Yes. Very characteristic. <laughs> That's a very nice way of saying Love Kai looks jack. like he, <laughs> he hasn't combed it in a week. <laughs> men don't comb is that, is that what they say yeah <laughs> oh man so um, Kai it's been a little while since we last spoke to you um, I know we're going to like kind of talk deeply about like what we've been playing later on but uh, I see you've been playing a little bit of Hat and Time oh I love love Hat and Time um, it's been it's been taking me back to streaming for Double Jump uh, and I've Oh, yeah. I've had to play through the bit that I streamed to get to the new bit yeah. that I haven't seen before, <laughs> uh, which is because yeah, it was quite a while now. It was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's and, uh, weird yeah. playing the same section and having the same thoughts mm. but not commenting them to anyone. Yeah, I'm sort of like, oh, uh, I have such witty insights to this platforming section, and nobody well, to share. That's them what with. kids do now. Apparently, like, kids are growing up watching streamers and YouTubers, so, like, they can't actually do anything without commentating. I wonder if that's, like, what's happening here. Oh, that's terrifying. That's grim. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, like, like, uh, picturing an eight-year-old huddled in the corner just muttering to themselves. I have a compulsion to narrate. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And uh, Civ 6 as well. That's Civilization. Always Always a good kind of time time suck oh. quite a different game though <laughs> from Hatton Time look I've got a confession to make on that one I haven't played a Civilization game since about 2011 when I played the mobile version mobile uh, version wow so that was Fair a enough. huge gap in my knowledge <laughs> so I figured I'll get into it learn some history learn some geography that's what I'm about <laughs> I do have a copy of Civ 6 which I haven't played I was gifted it for, I think, my birthday a couple of years ago, so, it, like, I will definitely play it, but I just, I'm too lazy. <laughs> Are you learning much? <laughs> uh, I'm learning that uh, Civ has no respect for my time. All right. No. <laughs> Good lesson. <laughs> it's a valuable Good lesson to learn. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, John? How's your past week been? Um, I finished off the DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn, like Frozen Wilds. Which mm-hmm. I can get into a bit later. I don't have much to say about it. I think it's it's good. I, I would say it's like I was surprised at how much I like. I preferred almost every aspect of it more than the main game. 
which I was surprised well, by. Like, I feel like it did everything a, a bit better than the main game. And it didn't release very long after, either. <laughs> it released, like, a, I think, like, a five months or something. Like, it was not... Yeah. It wasn't, like, a big, you know, chunk of development time after. So it's... Um, mm. But, yeah, I'll get into it a little bit later, maybe. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to hear about it. And, yeah, in terms of myself, just uh, some wedding prep, getting some, some things in, you know, real life sorted. I know, boring, not gaming, but, hey, important nonetheless. And yeah. been looking to kind of get back into taking photos again. It's been quite a while since I've put up any new photos or anything online. So that's just kind of like a thing that I'm trying to get off the ground on the side. But... I'm I'm one of those people that always has too many hobbies and not enough time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds sounds familiar. <laughs> feel feel like me and John was set up. Like, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? Then it'd be a because I have nothing. I've to been play. making huge life steps. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, huge congratulations to our editor in chief, uh, Jake. He uh, tied the knot with his uh, now wife, uh, Nat, on the weekend. Uh, fortunate enough to be invited to a very like kind of small intimate ceremony unfortunately his like the main kind of ceremony that they had planned has been postponed due to i guess all the uncertainty that's happening with omicron uh, especially you know people getting sick and venues it's a, it's a whole mess so I'm, I'm glad that they at least got to you know tie the knot so to speak and, and make things official and yeah we'll wish wish them a a long and very happy love uh like married life yeah congratulations yes. two lovely people and a lovely couple yeah <laughs> congrats <laughs> to them uh well let's uh let's talk about what was on the site this past week and the first story that went up was uh i guess the latest in callum's series uh about uh infinity the the tabletop rpg from guess from spain right <laughs> yes it's yes. i forget the name of the studio again it's made by corvus belly which has been um yes branded into my brain <laughs> after editing so much of this stuff <laughs> um i still have to edit a couple more he's here um it, he has written a lot <laughs> on infinity they're all really interesting actually like um there's a lot going on in this series um but so far he's looks so, so cool. we're kind of past the all the like kind of primers that he's written which mm. was I think it's all like world primers so the first one was like intro to the game play and then two articles on breaking down each faction like a beginning like a was it like an introduction to each faction um, and then and there's a lot of them <laughs> there's a few dozen yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably closer to like 20 I guess <laughs> <laughs> and yeah sorry my mistake I meant Lucas not Callum that's <laughs> my bad right <laughs> um yeah, and then I guess this um, this latest faction is the Caledonian Highlander Army. Yeah, we're onto it's his focus yeah. series, so I think he's got around yeah. at least five. There might yeah. be a couple more after that. I don't remember now, but um, mm. yeah, it goes like kind of yeah, it's like a deep dive into into the Caledonian Highlander Army, which is um, what do you, like oh, what well has yeah, his quote here: a group of low tech kilt clad. Clansmen charging power armored, charging power armored infantry with giant claymores, and are also werewolves. Um, yeah, crazy. Probably <laughs> it's very like anime. Well, I mean that doesn't sound very anime. It sounds anime in that it's like very genre heavy. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, so lots of mechs, 
lots of space-faring yeah. um, I mean, factions and such. <laughs> what's jumping out at me is this is this whole a group of low-tech clansmen charging power-armored infantry. Oh, Everyone yeah, knows when you're dealing with Highlanders, there can be only one. <laughs> yeah, he does have that's that true. joke somewhere in there. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's, that's I'm not going to pretend it's original. All right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, what are you talking about? Highlander is a documentary. Okay, it's. <laughs> but I, I just have love you heard the fact that accent that from. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure he was French, wasn't he? The guy, oh, he's like. I think he like kind of. I remember looking it up like several times because I've thought about it several yeah. times and forgot. It's like he's jumped around a few times in his childhood, whatever his name is. So yeah. it's got this really bizarre like Christopher Lambert thing. Yeah, so, like it's from the Mortal Kombat movie to connect it back yes. to games a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a French American actor playing a Japanese thunder god. Great, <laughs> love it. And this time, in the Highland is playing like like a Scotsman who's like jumping to like he's like lived in like all these different eras, so his bizarre accent technically makes sense, but it's never really. I feel like, like that's, stranger, like that's the justification for the accent. This yeah, is not. <laughs> let's find someone with this <laughs> weird. We need to make centuries-banning yeah, accent. Yeah, we need to build a movie around this accent. <laughs> He used to be a film. <laughs> and he was also in The Predator, which was like the the most recent Predator movie. He was like one of the like the motley crew of bad guys that oh. get get recruited. Yeah, I've so seen that movie and I never well noticed. <laughs> <laughs> he was like the weird he was like the eccentric guy who talks to himself or like he's the one who's like quiet but he's got like some twisted backs. Anyway. Right. I mean we don't need to everyone's seen that modern classic gem of a film which is The Predator <laughs> yeah he, ro- he rocked so up to his audition they heard his accent like you're gonna be the quiet one yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who's gonna do the talking I oh, will get um, we're gonna get Michael Keegan Key from Key and Peel to be the other guy <laughs> he's the guy who's gonna talk <laughs> yeah. but yeah we we'll look forward to more um, more I guess deep dives into the the different factions in Infinity. Uh, I guess, John, you've got some more in the pipeline that you're editing right now that'll hopefully go up over the coming weeks. Yes. Yeah. Got a lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the one that is is near and dear to my heart because this is the one that I like kind of organized to get everyone together to do, and it's I always love this time of the year, and it's Game of the Year talks. So, I don't know, John. Were you surprised that we had so many different picks? Um, I guess so. Yeah, like we, I think like definitely last year was like five dedicated Hades. to Hades, and then a few more. <laughs> so um, it's nice and to have variety this time. <laughs> yeah. So just just going through the list uh, for myself, I had Halo Infinite, and then Titanfall Two, which I know didn't come out in 2021 as my runner-up, but it was the second game that I had the most fun with. Um, and yeah, even got to stream a bit of it. it fun, frantic, <coughs> Halo Infinite. I've already talked about it at length, so I think my my th- my thoughts on the game are pretty well documented here. And then we had Ben. His top pick for the year was Neo: The World Ends with You. Uh, the 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 original game 
is like I think one of the most like kind of stylistic games I've ever seen. I really love that comic book look through throughout the game, and the fact that it's like held up really well is is always a great thing. Uh, his second pick was um, the Endwalker expansion for Final Fantasy fourteen, um, which unfortunately you can't play right now because like yeah, servers say. are jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, does it count as a twenty one game? <laughs> <laughs> If you can play it, it was amazing. All right. <laughs> and then we had Callum. His uh, top pick for the year was Pathfinder, uh, Wrath of the Righteous. I think this is where I got confused with him and Lucas is because this is also based on like a tabletop kind of like RPG. Right. But uh, it's great to see that kind of make it to the, uh, to, the, to the top list. And then his second favorite game was Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It was like a surprisingly well-written game. For most people, yeah, because I won the game of the year. Oh, what's it called? The, the uh, video game awards. Game awards. One. Yeah. Yep. Writing award. Yep. And then we had our newly married man Jake. His pick of last year was Marvel Future Revolution, which is a like an MMO style mobile game with all the kind of Marvel superheroes. A uh, bit of like a left field pick when it comes to like everything else, but hey, if you've got an iPad or you're happy playing such a complex game on a, on a small like a like a phone definitely give that a try john your yes. top pick um i picked monster Hunter rise because it was one of a handful of 2021 games i played but it was also very good like i'm not actually sure what the consensus ended up being around the game but i kind of rank it pretty much at the top of the ones i've played in the monster Hunter series mm. like it kind of does it does a lot of what i wanted world to do but kind of sleeker and kind of combines it with what the series did previously as like a portable mm. title. So it kind of just, yeah. you know, lived up to my expectations in a, a lot of ways. And then... Um, I think people were happy with it. I yeah, think generally I so. people were like... like They, they liked it. Um, mm. From what I remember, it, especially, you're right, it seemed like a, like a great... Um, like spiritual successor to, to World... Yeah, even though they were like, apparently their development was like pretty separate almost the entire time. Mm. So I'm kind of curious how they ended up doing yeah. a lot of the same things. But um, <laughs> yeah, they just copied the homework. That's just funny. yeah, <laughs> yeah, slipping notes. Um, but and my second pick was, or my honorable pick was, oh, what was it called? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> runner up. <laughs> yeah, okay, runner up. Um, Keep it simple. Was Imrangi yeah. Generation? special edition so this yep. is kind of a technically a 2020 game but it's a 2021 port for the switch um that mm. had the dlc and like a lot of motion controls added and stuff like that so it's made by i think an australian but he lives in new zealand so it's kind of like australasian in general as an identity it's kind of basically like a photography sim as you explore this sort of this futuristic fascist dystopia version of australia it's um yeah, it's kind of it's. Oh, 2023. <laughs> yes, oh, it's, it's too heavy. Yeah, sorry, oh. sorry, that was too, too on the nose. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, we're doing political satire for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, sorry, yeah, just to sum up, it's very good. Go play it. It's on Steam as well, which I imagine it'll mm. run better than the Switch version, which is pretty rough. Like it's playable, but it's rougher than i wish it was because it really does impact the experience but yeah they should just put that on the back of the box <laughs> like <laughs> what? switch asterisk oh yeah it runs all right 
The frame rate could be better, but it's portable. You said it was <laughs> a, sure. yeah. more of a photography sim, right? Yeah. If, it's so a ba- it's like, if it turns out to be a bad photo, you put it in black and white. Done. Yeah, that's like, what they should have yeah, done with true. the game. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, this game, the frame rate makes it look like a slideshow. Oh, great, that's what I was going for. <laughs> but it's like, what's frustrating about it, it's like, like, the reason it's like a bigger problem to me is that, like, I really like the motion controls because you, you, like, the idea of it is that you control the switch like camera, you know? Like, you kind of point it where you want and take photos that way. It's just that frame rate's always choppy. So it makes it so uncomfortable to use it that way compared to just use it like it's. It's far more comfortable using motion controls to help control it with such a rough frame rate. And that's it's frustrating, especially when you, I imagine it's... I mean, I don't know. I was about to say, it's like, I guess you can replicate it on PC if you have a controller set up and stuff. But it's, it's like the whole gimmick of this port, you know, like the point of it is that it has, motion, it has all the Switch hardware. Anyway, mm. it's good. <laughs> Nikon Disposable Camera Edition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, continuing the picks throughout the staff, we've got Kate. Her uh, top pick for last year was Deathloop. I think that's pretty, pretty expected based on what uh, you know what she told us when she was on the uh, um, on the show. Definitely, um, I think Arcane. I think this might be like kind of the, in terms of like a gameplay point of view, like kind of the, the uh, like the pinnacle of what Arcane's kind of achieved. I think the thing that kind of lets it down is some of the, like the story part or some of the mechanics around there. But it, it's it seems like she really enjoyed it, and you know I don't think you can go wrong with playing any of the games in our top, again any of our picks here, except Psychonauts two. Oh sh- no, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're lucky the no. the state borders are closed up here. I'm coming for you. <laughs> And her second, uh, her runner-up pick was Resident Evil Village. Uh, she really loved the kind of gothic aesthetic throughout the game. So it's uh, interesting to see that, you know, I guess I didn't hear as much buzz about Village as I did 7. I don't know about you guys. I I heard more, but it was all about Tall Vampire Lady. Village, yeah. I heard information about Besides the that. game. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. True. Uh, oh, sorry, seven. <laughs> I heard information about the game. Village. I just heard. Have you seen the pictures of Tall Vampire Lady? Like, yes, I have. Yeah, it's like I Please think like, in the lead up. <laughs> <laughs> um, to the to the into the like lead up to Village release, I remember hearing like keeping track of like okay, they've kind of it's a lot like four, you know, it's like more action focused. These vampire ladies are part of the story. It's like it's got more like supernatural angle to it. And it's like, to be fair, I didn't read much reviews after it came out. But it's like, it usually, like, you kind of hear feedback about it, like, as it comes out. And you're like, oh, okay, this is, like, what I can kind of confirm from my reading, like, pre-release. And I haven't actually figured out what it is. I learned a lot of ways. Like, we're going to have a lot of those things slot into place compared to 7, which is a bit clearer, I think, after release. Like, people had, like, pretty defined opinions on it. Or, like, the consensus yeah. was a bit more defined, I guess. I do feel really bad. I feel like they really tried with the marketing to get that, oh, here's the gradual information and we'll explain, you know, the structure yeah. of the game and here's the gameplay differences and everyone's just, ah, oh, yes, here are the 15 frames from that 45-minute video where you can see <laughs> Tall Vampire Lady. <laughs> Look, <laughs> the hat! <laughs> oh. To be fair, they did lean on that a lot at the beginning. 
<laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. Uh, if <laughs> if you've got a tall vampire lady, use it. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I mean, it's like sure it's like contract. old people are gonna talk about anyway, so it's like you might as well lean into yeah. it. <laughs> might as well, yeah. might as well. Mm. <laughs> and then yes, we had Lucas with his top pick, which is Evil Genius Two: World Domination. I guess a, a sequel. What seventeen years in the like overdue, <laughs> considering how long it's been since the original game. That looked like that looks like a lot of like cartoony zany fun. That I think. We don't really necessarily see a lot of in games, but yeah, that, that's so cool seeing a strategy game at kind of like that. I don't know. It's it's kind of like it, it, to me, it looked like um, The Sims meets Overcooked meets XCOM in terms of the way it looked and and from the sounds of it. So yeah, that, look, I, that looked like that was a. I'd fun. be interested to hear what Lucas thinks of it now. Like I mean, I mean, it's like he gave it his game of the year, so he thinks of it highly, definitely. But I, like I remember. Yeah his review I think it was yeah his review of it like months ago and like he mm. had like some like a number of criticisms of it that he was kind of hoping would yeah. be updated you know because that's how these kind of strategy PC games usually go it's like they get like significant updates over time like fixing things yeah. or improving things so I'm kind of wondering if there's been any major changes um, since it came out because I could see I could see that happening so I'm kind of curious about it now mm. Yeah, and his uh, runner-up pick was Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, but specifically more... I think it's more like the first game, that, like the re-release of the first game. But he does talk about kind of the other two games as well. But, I mean, Mass Effect is a series that I think is just like legendary in terms of like canon in gaming. So it's just one of those series that pretty much everyone's heard of. But uh, I guess, you know revisiting it and playing it in 2021 it's it's good to hear that it still holds up yeah i feel like i've heard a lot of good things about the first game since legendary edition came out like, like a lot of people yeah. hadn't played it going back to it in this like revised edition it's phenomenal yeah like i feel like a lot of these games it's one of the few games i've played twice and then that's not a short game <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like they can be almost intimidating in that they're mm. such like cultural giants that you're yep. almost afraid to go back and play because what if you don't like it? Yeah. Like, oh my god! What if, <laughs> what if I'm, I'm the weirdo who doesn't like Mass Effect One? <laughs> well, then you could just join in the hate of three and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Join That's even worse. What if you like Mass Effect Three? What if you thought it ended really strongly? Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess that's even worse. Yeah. There's nowhere for you to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't uh, talk there about is a place it. for you to go. It's it's called Bioware. Uh, you can apply and go to careers. About <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. No, nah, I'm. I, I love the Mass Effect series, and I, I pre-ordered Mass Effect Three. I still haven't finished it because, like, I don't know, because I'm a fucking crazy person who, like, took a step back when all the hubbub was happening. But I'm, I'll, I'll play it. I, pro- I promise. I'm gonna play it. Or I promise. You, you heard it here. There's a promise to myself that I'm going to play it, I'm going to report back, and then I'm going to rage like it's 2012. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see. That's what the kids are doing now. And then we had Ruby's pick, Inscription. Uh, like, create another zany release from Daniel Mullins Games. It's kind of like a two-person dev. It's, it's really cool. It's like a card game slash puzzle game slash kind of... I don't know. I don't know how to really describe it. Slash roguelike. It's it's a bit of a few different genres, and but it seems room, like it's a I lot. Of <laughs> yes, yeah, 
the aesthetic certainly is like very creepy. Yeah, I've heard a, a lot of lots and lots of good things about that game. So I need to play mm. it when it gets ported. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, mm, it gets um, ported. <laughs> same position as John. I'm so keen for it to come out on a platform I own. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you got a Switch recently, right? I did. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, sort I of six that. months ago. Um, yeah, I thought it was coming out on Switch yeah. until release day. I was like, oh boy, time to play Inscription. And it wasn't there. It's like, it's like nope. Oh. Uh, don't worry, you can play a less stable version of that game later this year, probably. <laughs> or a cloud version of Control or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. two biggest hits on the Switch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most anticipated. And uh, her runner-up was Resident Evil Village. I guess it's the only game that showed up twice. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, t- twice twice engaged, never married. Is that like one of those sayings? I feel like I've seen that before, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Ty had Ruined King, a League of Legends story, as his his main pick, which is interesting because he, he said he's not a fan of MOBAs uh, and has tried to distance himself from League of Legends, especially because of its... I guess kind of notoriously toxic community, but watching the arcane uh, Netflix a- adaptation, so the the 3D anime type show from Netflix that's set within the League of Legends universe, kind of piqued his interest in the the like the overall law of League of Legends, and and that's what really like kind of drawn him to this game, and he really dug it, which is awesome. Yeah, it's like the same developer as um, that Battle Chasers game, right? From a couple of years ago, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's like the same overall style. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. Hey, slap a League of Legends skin on it. It's going to sell. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and his runner-up pick was Shin Megami Tensei Five. Uh, I think when, he's, when he came on the show last time, I think that was... He was talking about like how he was looking forward to that game and, and how it's like Atlas seemed to have kind of put it aside to focus more on the Persona games, which seem to be a bit more popular. So, good to see that. Mm. Mm. Kai? All right. Well, we... This is your chance. We already know what To give Psychonauts 2 its due. <laughs> I feel like the last time I came on here, I went on this whole speech about Psychonauts 2. Uh, but we're going to do it again. Psychonauts 2 <laughs> is brilliant. <laughs> I love... That's right, kids. I love it so much. If you listen to the last episode I was on, like, skip ahead five minutes... Uh, and I'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that they're gone, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Psychonauts Two is the best. I, I love Tim Schafer. I love Double Fine games. I love Psychonauts. They're all mm-hmm. weird, and that's good. <laughs> we need more weirdness in video games. Yeah. Uh, I might have asked last time, but how does it compare to the first one? It's it's more of the things you liked about the first one. Um, right. Plus, obviously, it's coming after 15 years of figuring out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's less... <laughs> oh, we should make them go into the pause menu every 15 seconds to change their loadout. Uh, now, I had a question right. <laughs> about the voice acting, right? The voice acting was a very big part of the first game. Like, it, 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 it sounded and looked like a really well-produced cartoon how now that like the voice actors have aged do they still sound like sim like do they still sound good mostly 
like 90 percent really like pull it off which i was i was also concerned about i was like look they're now you know coming up to some of them almost 60 playing 10 year olds (laughs) it's like are they going to be able to do it but for the vast majority of it they they do there are a couple little stumbles where you sort of see them or hear them (laughs) struggle a bit um there's there's oh. also a much heavier focus on the adult characters of the Psychonauts world, like, yeah, okay. which I think was a good choice because you know we've seen we've seen all the kid characters at the summer camp in the first one. Yeah. Now we're mm. now we're cooking with gas. Now the adults are here. <laughs> <laughs> shit's, shit's getting real. We're not sending the <laughs> eight year olds in anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's getting even more irresponsible. <laughs> Quick question, Kai. I played when it came out on Steam in 2011 when they did like kind of the first update to modernize the game with controller support and stuff on PC. That's when I played it. I think I'm I think I might be up to the meat circus or just before it. I think so. It's been a while. 11 years in fact. Um I'll, if I started again cuz I know it's on Game Pass. Is it is it has it been updated since 2011 or is it basically just the 2011 version? I I presume you've played that version or like the the, updates to it. The 2011 version um, is the one I played. It hasn't. Okay. Cool. It hasn't been updated since, to my knowledge. Um, yeah. Beyond obviously fixing the meat circus level. Um, yeah. Because I think that was a change in the 2011 version, yes. right? Yeah. Or was it just the controls were changed to be more? No, the lev- the level itself was changed. I think the original oh, okay. didn't have checkpoints, which is oh. psychotically <laughs> cruel <Absurd>. game design. <laughs> yeah. Like that game, it, it's it's it, it has difficult moments. Um, like surprisingly, it's just kind of like one of those games that looks really easy and stuff. But uh, like, but there are some like difficult moments, especially when it comes to like the platforming and, and stuff like that. I mean, That's where that precision is really useful. What what I liked about Psychonauts as a series is that it was always less about precision and more about thinking creatively and you know finding a weird solution. Uh, right. Rather than nail that pinpoint jump, and then the meat circus came in. It was like no, no creativity. You do it this path, and then you fall and die. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Do it again. <laughs> um, fair enough. Ah, uh, fair enough. That's good to hear. Yeah. I also yeah, mentioned that while Sorry. we're on the Psychonauts one subject, the PS4 port's mm. really bad because <laughs> it's like a port of really? the PS2 version, and it has all the problems and the like graphical, like. You know, it doesn't like hold up to the PS like 2011 port or the other Xbox and GameCube versions. I think I think it was on yeah. GameCube, maybe not. Um, yeah, so it's like just completely at the bottom of the list because I even tried like installing it on PS5 to see if it helped anything, and it didn't. So um, don't yeah, don't touch that version, people. <laughs> 2011. Wow, it's Steam almost port. as if that's what you want. It's almost as if mm. Sony doesn't really give a shit about its heritage until like very recently huh yeah we'll see when Spartacus <laughs> approaches actually <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's just it's just the god of all games on that service <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> day and date god of war <laughs> yeah uh, speaking of which people were really happy with the god of war PC port which is good to see um mm. Means I don't all need a all PS I've seen from it is the inevitable mods. 
Oh, yes. Wouldn't it be good if Kratos was Thomas the Tank? Why is it always Thomas the Tank Engine? What is it with mods? And they're like, let's turn it into Thomas. Guess because it doesn't need animation. <laughs> He's just putting the model in. <laughs> and it's always funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's or at least okay. Yeah. And it's just creepy, I think. I feel like yeah, it's a cycle. True. It's always funny because it's that, that blend of this was inevitable. Kratos was always <laughs> going to become Thomas the Tank Engine. So when you see it, you're like, yes, this is right. Yeah, yeah. so he's gone from Greek mythology to, uh, you know, to Norse mythology, and now he's going to go to, I guess, Anglo-Saxon mythology, which is just... Mythology. Tank, the world of... <laughs> it's, it's the Sodor mythology. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, speaking of getting back on tracks, let's talk about your runner-up pick, which is uh, Persona 5 stri- Strikers. All right, we had more for the business chunk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we'll make it quick. It was good. I liked it. Uh, it was different to Persona Five, but it it kept my favorite bits. You know, pretty okay. Pretty samey. Um, in the, Does the, it tell the same story? I mean, it's very similar. Okay. <laughs> it's oh. People are bad. Let's go inside and change their hearts. Ooh, we're going to call the <laughs> palaces jails. And we're going to uh, steal the treasure like we did in Persona 5. Remember that? <laughs> we're like, yeah, I get, I get the gist. And they're all like, yeah. yes, but we're not doing turn-based anymore. It's 3D hack and slash time. Well, it has like uh, uh, platforming levels as well, right? It, it has platforming bits just to okay. get around between the combat. <laughs> right. Okay. So I get, uh, now jump here. Oh, no, a fight. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so it's definitely like mostly Musu sort of combat? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, it's the same people who made Dynasty Warriors worked on it, so I would, I would not expect anything less. It's so Dynasty Warriors. It's <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. And then they've slapped Persona over the top and been like, oh, how are we going to do this? What if you press this button and they do a little Persona attack? <laughs> like, okay, that checks out. <laughs> like, uh, you know. Checks out. Checks out. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, I love, Perso- well. I love Persona so much. <laughs> I was just happy to see the characters on the screen again. Oh. <laughs> Yay, Joker. Oh, I love clap. him. <laughs> is it like is it like a worthwhile follow up to Persona 5 or you do just mostly like it because you like Persona 5 <laughs> it's it's more worthwhile than the dancing game spin off okay uh, <laughs> they rank higher than those <laughs> Good which to I played I, I want it on the record I like Persona 5 enough that I played the dancing game to the end I finished it <laughs> Oh, wow, <laughs> that is how much I'm invested in these characters. <laughs> okay, so this is like a refreshing change of pace, <laughs> I guess. The fact that it didn't yell Throw at me for missing beats, I was like, "This is great." <laughs> I'm so on board. <laughs> oh, love it. Well, that's going to do it for the articles that went up on Double Jump last week. How about we? Take it over to the news this week. Well, let's talk about the major news from this past week. 
the main story is yet another acquisition. Seems like we can't get away without a week of someone spending billions and billions of dollars to acquire someone else. And this time, it's Sony Interactive Entertainment, the parent company of PlayStation, uh, announcing plans to acquire Bungie for $3.6 billion. I guess the, uh, the, the news comes in the wake of massive uh, Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal from, I guess, two weeks now. That was like, you know, 12 point... Sorry, that was like 6.9 billion. Sorry, 69 billion. Almost yes. 69 billion dollars. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and so this is nothing. This is just chump change. This is like, eh, it's one twentieth of the size, so it's nothing, right? It's just, just loose change. I, mean, I feel like Sony just wanted to get back in the headlines. Everyone, everyone is talking about the Microsoft acquisition. You guys talked about the Microsoft acquisition. It's, it's Sony like, saw it and was like, we've got to get something. It's like <laughs> you want to get back at your, like your, you want to get back at your your nemesis. So you, you announce that you're you're dating their ex. <laughs> Bungie was part of Microsoft, became independent, worked out a deal with Activision Blizzard, got out of that a few years ago, and now is owned by Sony. <laughs> I mean, it's weird. I was going to make that same analogy. It's like Sony saw Xbox walking down the street, holding hands with Activision Blizzard, being all sweet. And it's just like, yes, well, I've got an acquisition too. Um, their name's Bungie. You wouldn't know them. They go to a different school. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, Bungie, that's old news. We've both been with her. It's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Give me something. Um, but it's like, I mean... Uh, Paint metaphors aside, <laughs> the <laughs> the announcement came from I guess both Bungie and and PlayStation's uh, respective blogs. This is uh, a huge move. Obviously, you know Bungie is I guess like one of those developers that whether or not you play any of their games, you've kind of heard of them and you, you're aware that you know they're the people who made Halo, uh, Destiny, and I mean everyone knows Marathon. That's just that's just you know a given, <laughs> and the, the as part of the deal, uh, the both companies have committed to the fact that Bungie is going to remain independent, and it will retain the rights to the Destiny franchise. As of right now, there are no plans to make Bungie like a PlayStation studio in quotation marks. Bungie is actually going to be operating alongside PlayStation Studios like Sony Santa Monica, which makes God of War. Sony Bend, which makes Days Gone, um, and uh, Naughty Dog, which makes, uh, you know, the Uncharted and uh, Last of Us series. Uh, uh, Crossplay, everything is going to remain for Destiny 2. Uh, the current plan is for Destiny 2's content to continue till 2024, and those are going to continue as they are. Uh, what's going to be interesting is that uh, future Bungie games will not be PlayStation exclusives. So... I guess it's like kind of the anti-Bethesda where, not Shadowfall, what the fuck is it called? Um, uh, Starfield. I was going to oh. say sh Shadowfall and then Starfall and then I'm like, oh no, it's another generic thing, which is Starfield. Um, it, which that game seems like it's going to be a PC and Xbox exclusive. At least for now, it seems like Bungie's future games are not going to be PlayStation exclusives. Um, I guess this this quote from Jim Ryan, which who's the CEO of Sony, uh, interactive entertainment kind of points to like s some of the reasoning why 
Sony went after Bungie. And the quote is, Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development and live game services will help us deliver on our vision of expanding PlayStation to hundreds of millions of gamers. Bungie is a great innovator and has developed incredible proprietary tools that will help PlayStation Studios achieve new heights under Herman Holt's leadership. And Herman Holt's uh, basically president of like PlayStation Studios, uh, former head of Guerrilla Games. So it's interesting. So it seems like there's a technological modification. There's a technological (laughs) motivation behind the move, which is kind of funny because like a lot of the criticism that Bungie copped was that its tech was so outdated that making... (laughs) Like, let's be honest, their tech is so outdated that Destiny 2 has... Content from Destiny 2 has to literally be cut out of the game and removed completely for it to be, like, manageable. Like, say what you will, but... (laughs) Hopefully that's not the part that we're, they're taking on. That's something I was like, I've been thinking about since this morning is the idea like, yeah, like it was revealed like years ago that Destiny 2 or like Destiny, Bungie's entire like development pipeline for Destiny is like, yeah, like really outdated, really slow. And I I assume mm. it hasn't gotten much better since like ever since they lo- left Activision and they kind of lost access to those support studios that helped with the expansions if like their yeah. contents come out so slowly and i was thinking how like what i was thinking of was about like that i thought about before was how like ever since they left activision they don't really have didn't have much of a safety net to like rebuild their platform yeah. in any real like either development process or the game itself you know especially like you know when they announced like destiny 2 is going to keep going we're not making destiny 3 soon it's like it feels like Why? they're kind of prolonging this thing because they need money now <laughs> like all yeah. the time because of how big of a studio they are stuff like that and it like feels yeah. like now they've got a safety net where they can start rebuilding and refining how they operate for the love of god a safety yeah. net I, yeah. uh, or as we call it a sugar daddy <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is like as someone who's been playing destiny on and off since 2014 i so i i like part of me is like oh my god Maybe this will mean that Sony has access... So, not Sony, sorry. Uh, Bungie has access to maybe the the Guerrilla Games engine that powered Death Stranding and, and like, her, the Horizon games. Maybe has access to an, an, an engine like that where, you know, like, Guerrilla Games, like, in Forbidden West, it actually had, like, better f- uh, f- lighting, better kind of facial animations and stuff that were in development for the original Horizon Zero Dawn but couldn't make the, like the main launch so they came out in the expansion like i'm hoping uh, i really do want bungie to say oh everything we said let's we're gonna destiny 2 is gonna end in 2023 with witch queen when that year's done and we're gonna do destiny 3 and that's gonna go to however long new engine new chance to you know start again and and really refine the game because it i personally think it needs it um, like the fact that it's 2022 it's been five years of the game and it still does no proper anti-aliasing kind of features on PC and, and you know technology that really like it should have uh, mm. is like just kind of showing the age of the game yeah mm. I mean it's it's mm. showing the age of a game that's not that old yeah like 2017 yeah. anti-aliasing was not optional even then Exactly. Like, 
there were other games that did it better. <laughs> like it's before. showing the age of Psychonauts 1. Uh, from yeah. The 2011 port. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's... Yeah, I don't know. I've talked about Destiny before. Rant over. Not going to bore you guys there. <laughs> uh, another thing that <coughs> I guess Jim Ryan added was that, uh, quote, uh, that Bungie's technology and the expertise will be to, quote, support the development of several future live services titles from PlayStation Studios. So expect a lot more Destiny-style games from PlayStation. Maybe, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the God of War, uh, like, Avengers-style game that we've all been asking for, you know. <laughs> like, imagine 20 Kratos's in a raid. <laughs> yeah, or the Creatively you know Void spin-offs. Like. <laughs> it's but. 19 Kratos's and then one guy who's picked Atreus. I guess that's what that multiplayer mode in that PS3 <laughs> God of War game was. Remember? <laughs> I'm always surprised oh, whenever yes, I'm hurt, I remember it. It's like, oh, that's right. They had multiplayer for a second. And it was co- good, apparently. Maybe they'll revive mm. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, speaking with, uh, you know, I guess like the, the other things to add is that, that you know, there's there's definitely... There's definitely a lot of like potential for this deal to really go well, and you can definitely see PlayStation benefiting from Bungie's experience making a live game like Destiny. But you can also see Bungie now having the ability to call on support studios like it did when it was under Activision. Like you, you can definitely see the difference in content between now and then. So uh, hopefully, this is like a best of both worlds for both parties and. I guess in the end, players win out. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Although you hadn't stopped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I thought you were like, your set was like half done. <laughs> I yeah. didn't think of it no, I had that same feeling. I had that moment like, <laughs> and? <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's, let's keep the momentum going and let's talk about, I guess, some good news in terms of new games that are actually coming out. And this time, it's from Respawn. John, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, new is in quotes, I guess, <laughs> technically. <laughs> um, so first, oh, like Respawn has announced that it's working. Oh, so the studio behind Titanfall and Apex, they're working on three new Star Wars games. So first, a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order from a few years ago. I think it's two years ago now. Was it 2018 or 2019? Yep. Oh, I wrote about it too. I should remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's... Yeah, so no new information on that other than that it's in development and it's still being directed by game director Stig Amerson. So, yes, kind of business as usual there. Um, there's a first-person shooter in development led by Peter Hirschman, who was um, director on Star Wars Battlefront, like the old ones. Yeah, um, the good ones. Yeah, not the dice ones. <laughs> and Star Wars Force Unleashed, which, I don't know, when I read that in the article, it's like, it uh, doesn't seem like a worthwhile credit um and then third is a strategy game being developed by bit reactor um in a partnership with respawn so this bit reactor was formed by a former by a number of former fire axis game staff and led by the art director of xcom enemy unknown and xcom 2 greg for <laughs> forish i'm actually not sure how to pronounce that um, and all of this is being run, overseen by Vince Zampella, the founder of Respawn. So this kind of signifies like a new era of uh, Star Wars games under EA. 
as it's kind of as the property is done like splinter off into Ubisoft as well and um, Aquatic Dream and I'm sure there's a few others um, yeah so new era of Star Wars games and EA is kind of relaunching their approach I think is, is it a new era if there's an FPS game that's not a new era that's that's I guess it's not part of my dice so it kind of helps <laughs> but, but um all right. That's, that's, if, that's fair. if this game comes out and it is different in mm. any way, <laughs> I will come back on the podcast and I will make a formal apology and eat my words. But it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be. You get your laser pistol, you shoot a stormtrooper, you run away. Yeah. What are you talking about? What do you mean? This is this is the Jawa. Uh, this is the Jawa. Spin-off. <laughs> spin-off that we've been waiting for. <laughs> and, and, and you're All right. Okay, wait. John, <laughs> again, Jawas are the ones on Tatooine. Ewoks are the ones in the jungle. Yeah. And I'm still confused okay. how you got that. <laughs> 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 like, it feels like such a basic thing. I feel like I, non-fans I know that. I think because the, the song in... I think because Jawas sound like a softer sounding thing, Ewoks sounds very tough and like... Like, you know, Ewok. Whereas Jawa just sounds no. like, Jawa, Jawa. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Jawa's the big slug guy who goes, Who says the, the prequel uh, trilogy isn't, you know. I'm so psyched for you class. guys to do the social media for this. <laughs> and this episode goes out. Everyone in the comments. <laughs> Kai's a fake fan. <laughs> Get in. Because <laughs> that's the thing, because like, like, I think the song in Return of the Jedi is called Yub Yub. You know, the Yub Yub song? So I'm like, Yub no. Yub. It sounds like Jawa. But I'm like, come on. Like, it just makes right. more sense. All right, maybe I am you know a fake what? fan. I don't know the Yub Yub song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I remember them like it's using huge. Stormtrooper yeah. helmets as drums, and that's it. <laughs> I think that's what they do. <laughs> as you do, that's just, you know... You, it's a commentary on colonization and, and you know, the, the freedom of, of newly freed people. Anyway, there is something kind um, of bleak about seeing, like, a koala using, like, the, the dead helmet. <laughs> like, the helmet <laughs> of, like, this, you know, defeated <laughs> empire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power to the koalitariat. And then, and then, yeah, I, I don't know how I didn't know this, but apparently this, the music played in the Star Wars cantina is called jizz music. Yeah. Bigger oh, and Dan that, in the modal yeah. nodes. <laughs> Like what? Why? Why is it called jizz? It's like jazz. It's but meant it's to be jizz. space jazz, but it's like a New Zealand. Like they just called up Timur Morrison and they're like, "What's the, well, you know what, what's your favorite genre of music?" Like, oh, I love jizz. Oh, okay, let's use that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's um, yeah, good yeah, to, good to see that there's <laughs> good to see that there's some momentum at Respawn Entertainment. Um, like uh. There's uh, no time to fall three. Okay, never mind. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about, you know, I guess if we're going to talk about disappointments, and if time to fall three isn't the biggest disappointment in gaming, it's uh, Activision Blizzard. And, you know, I guess in another week of how can we be uh, a fucking menace, let's, uh, let's talk about how Activision Blizzard isn't going to voluntarily recognize the union that was formed by the Raven Studios QA staff uh, over the past couple of weeks. So, long story short, uh, 
couple of months ago, Activision, I guess, quietly announced that it's not going to be uh, keeping staff like contractors that are brought on to handle Q&A, not Q&A, sorry, QA for uh, Raven Studio, Raven Software, which is the studio behind Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, you know, staff weren't happy. A lot of them actually moved across the country to, you know, on the promise that they'd be offered like a full-time equivalent role going forward. That didn't happen. There's been a strike happening for the past, I think, five weeks. The strike action ended when uh, around 34 of the Q&A staff uh, said, hey, we're going to form a union, and the union's going to be called uh, Game Workers Alliance. And I guess what they did was, according to the Washington Post, they actually uh, you know, reached out to Activision Blizzard to say, hey, will you recognize us um, you know, voluntarily? Activision Blizzard didn't get back to them. And the the GWA has said that it's got the super majority of votes, so i.e. it's got 50% or more of like its department within the organization. to So it's got enough votes to move forward with an application to the National Labor Relations Board to be formally recognized as a union. And as part of this, the, the GWA, which is the Game uh, Workers Alliance, is working with the CWA, the Communications Workers of America, to file this application. And I guess the, the CWA is like a larger group that includes journalists and media groups and like a lot of people, any, basically anyone working in media that isn't under like what, not an actor or a writer, like someone in SAG or the Writers Guild. So um, I guess we can kind of talk about like some context is that once this union was announced, <laughs> Raven Studios promptly announced that it was restructuring this uh, Q&A staff to be split across different groups, which makes sense in terms of optimization, but also the timing of it's kind of suspect. They Both Activision Blizzard and Raven Software said, hey, hey, we've been talking about this since November, way before this like union stuff. So I don't know what you guys are on about. And like speaking to TechCrunch last week, Activision Blizzard said that, quote, all employees at Raven should have a say in the decision. And that's probably why it's not recognizing this union is because not everyone in Raven Software was able to vote. Well, that's kind of the reasoning at this moment. It's, you know what, if I like good luck to the Game Workers Alliance going to the, the NLRB and, and getting recognized. I mean, if they're confident that they've got enough of a majority to do it, go for it. I think Activision Blizzard, I don't know, I guess like on one hand it would be easy press to recognize it, but number two, it probably wouldn't be enough considering all the, the shit that's kind of flying their way at the moment. I don't know, Kai, mm. what, do you, what do you think? I mean, I... I, and You started this segment saying it was a disappointing story. I don't see it that way at all. I think this is a good news story. Because if there's... If there's one thing that, you know, we've noted on this podcast and across the wider media sphere, it's that mm. workers in the games industry desperately need unionisation. Yeah, and desperately Agreed. need you know that strength in numbers, um, and this is a step to that, which is good. Um, yeah, obviously it would have been nice if Activision recognised them, um, mm. but that mm. that would have also led to you know possibly we can recognise you informally. Don't go to the labour board. Uh, yeah. We'll just handle this in house. Um, yeah, which would mm. not have been a good idea. So I I. Yeah. 
you know, obviously I would like for it not to be completely necessary, but I'm glad it's turned out this way. This is a good thing. Long term. Mm. Yeah, so hopefully, like, it just feels like, it feels like something that could be snuffed out still, you know? Like, yeah. it doesn't feel like something that, like, especially, because I, yeah, I actually don't know quite how this works, admittedly. So the fact that they're going forward with it hopefully means that it's, like, they're, they've completed most of the steps necessary to actually, like, formally yeah. form a union. So, um, I guess, like, essentially what will happen is, okay, Activision's not recognizing it. Okay. But if if this labor board does recognize it, I think it'll kind of force Activision's hand to rec- to offer the benefits that they're asking for and to listen to them and give them a seat at the table when it comes to future negotiations. Um, it's if if not legally, at least out of like good faith. Like it's gonna look bad if you're like denying the existence, continued existence of a legitimate union. So you're right. It's still kind of it's it's like. It's like the, the seed's been planted. You're watering it. You're waiting for it to grow. And who knows? Like once, the, if if this union gets recognised at a national level by the board, you know, and and Activision Blizzard still doesn't recognise it, I wonder. Like John, do you think it'll still have the effect of other people rising up and unionising? Um, hopefully a little bit, because I know there's like there's been unions. There was at least one union in the last few months forming in like an indie um, developer. Mm. I don't remember which one at all, but um, it has been happening on like, you know, very like small scale, like almost like grassroots almost, like in like small yeah. studios just forming unions and like it actually succeeding because at that scale it works. But it's just like, um, hopefully if this actually succeeds and they're able to like form even this small one within a larger corporation, because I'm wondering if yeah. it's like, if, if it's kind of going ahead. So, because they already were striking before the Activision like before Microsoft announced them acquiring it, but I do like it does seem like good timing for them to be able to like potentially get it done before a new overlord comes in and has their own <laughs> methods and their own like I'm not sure how much yeah I'm sure I'm like very just too ignorant on this on how unions work I think to have like a, a particularly informed take on it but um, hope for the best in how this works it's like it's very rare that it seems to happen in America um, but. Yeah, anyway. I will say this is this is why I love this podcast especially, is because I I sign on to do an episode talking about video games and what I've been playing this week, and end up discussing labor laws <laughs> and critiquing capitalism as a concept. This well, is good. you know, consider this the gaming industry's meat circus as a whole. Right, this is an area that needs improvement, and we need some checkpoints because otherwise we're going to go all the way back to the start and. We don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that. Do you want to go back to Pong? <laughs> no. Unionize. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the that should be the poster. Oh, she's like, we're gonna lose everything. <laughs> I do like not to bring it down too much, but like I was wondering, <laughs> like with the um, you know, news of Bungie being bought and Activision being bought, I was like thinking about how this act this all this vertical integration that is like not stopping at all like it's just mm. gonna happen more and more often like it does feel like something that's gonna hurt all these efforts even more uh, like absolutely. it's gonna make it even harder so it's like mm. i kind of hope it happens fast <laughs> before all this stuff happens within the next year or two um and, you know it's a good first step on a larger scale hopefully so that's why i, I do want to add you know 
I I do feel like this should not be an Activision Blizzard only union, mm. especially mm. as this vertical integration continues. Is what would what would serve as work is better, especially at those lower rungs. Is a sort of industry wide, you know, support group union. Mm. You know, anything like that really is yeah. Yeah, even with all this vert- vertical integration, games development is still really, really splintered. And mm. I think that stops a lot of people having any any negotiating power or power to yeah. speak up about hmm. you know, problems. Yeah. And we, we still have that we still have that issue like overall in terms of you know, crunch is still a reality. Like it's just expected and unfortunately like that it's disappointing that's still it. Hmm. Still, like, just what everyone expects to happen. There's no, there's no way around it. Apparently, like, we haven't solved that, yeah. and it's like, c- like, come on, it's 2022. You think like we would have Frank- figured this shit out by now, right? Frankly, it. I, th- I don't remember exactly what game it was, but I saw a news article uh, where they'd come out and been like, "Don't worry, we're going to be working around the clock. We've got our developers working <laughs> all week." To make sure this game comes out on time, like no, no, this <laughs> this shouldn't happen. And if it is happening, it you should at least feel bad about it, not advertise it. This should be a secret, <laughs> which obviously shouldn't be. And if it is a secret, tell someone. <laughs> Don't let it be. Yeah, but yeah. This also, should not be a selling voice. point. I'm yeah, it's funny. It's like how like even like I feel like when I was like younger, like in high school, if I read that, I'd be like, I mean, I. Not in that it's like unusual or anything, but it's like I feel like if I read like, oh, these developers are like trying really hard, like it's just like that would like really work on someone like me then, or like and most people who play games, where it's like, oh, they're mm. trying really hard, they're sacrificing their lives to uh, bring me this just, game product I could buy for sixty dollars. That's um, just high schoolers lacking empathy, as per usual. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. But I also I wanted to mention, like, not to to no have too much of a tangent, but we're talking about crunch, and I want to <laughs> mention how like Traveler's Tales talking like that mm-hmm. expose about them crunching on the lego star wars game that's coming up this year yeah i was thinking about like that was actually really heartbreaking for me because like you wouldn't really think of it in like i never thought of it of, like, those studios doing it. it makes perfect sense like of course any studio would but i never thought of that like the lego studios doing it because i figured i don't know i just hadn't thought <laughs> of it and it's like i have a lot of nostalgia for those older ones and it's thinking like oh <laughs> that's so, like that's that, like genuinely heartbreaking for me the other thing, I don't associate any sort of cute, family-friendly, fun games with yeah. the same problems <laughs> that plague the rest of the industry. Because, mm. you know, my my immediate impulse is, oh, yeah, that was really cute. That was all sweet yeah. and nice. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's, uh, that hurt. <laughs> Didn't like struggle. reading that. Uh, yeah. I, that's just... Disp- I think, yeah, I think we just assume, oh, it's a kid game. It's like, yeah, it's a kid game. It's probably a nice workplace. Like, if you play together, it's like, it's like if you play together, you can unlock the secret uh, crunch mode, where you can't stop playing. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh. anyway, that's, you can um, stop playing, but as soon as you stop, you don't get to come back. You have like, to find a different I mean, you game can to play. Stop. We're not telling you you can't stop. You just yeah. just don't come back. Yeah. That's how it works. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not. We're not telling you what to do, uh, mm. but continuing to play would really show commitment to the company. I'm sorry, game. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of bricks and you know facing a wall, 
Uh, another brick in the wall <laughs> is coming our way, and that's in the form of a new original franchise, potentially, from Blizzard. John, tell us a little bit about Untitled Survival Game. <laughs> yes, um, I do want to say you're like very, very good at segues lately. <laughs> I want to <laughs> just make that no, known. But good or really bad, because... Maybe I'm I don't so know. I've been enjoying them. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I'm preparing for fatherhood by getting my dad jokes in. Now I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing it this way. <laughs> Good idea. Um, anyway, kind of small news. There is a, it's similar to the last thing I said, <laughs> where it's like, um, but Blizzard have announced its first original. I love that, since that segue. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> since uh, yeah, so Blizzard has announced its first original um, IP, its first original like game concept. Um, since Overwatch, I believe, which is around a decade ago, probably. Um, but um, uh, with a rumor of one more, which I don't, I'm not sure there's much else on that, but we'll see. Um, so announced by Blizzard is, quote, we are going on a journey to a whole new universe, home to a brand new survival game for PC and console. Um, so at the moment, it's just titled Untitled Survival Game, which isn't much. <laughs> and a I couple of that. concept art, pieces of concept art, which I'll get into a little bit which also isn't too much. Um, so it's headed by a World, War, World of Warcraft alum, Craig Amai, who's been apparently working on it for about five years. Um, from his Twitter, he says, quote, Once upon a time, this dream project was a humble pitch deck on my desktop. Now it's a team full of caring and passionate people sharing a vision I couldn't be prouder to be part of. Yeah, with a, so there's like two pieces of concept art that's available that you can see on the blog. So one is a character dressed in like fantasy garb, like fantasy dressed, with an axe and a quiver, and he's facing a mirror on the other side. Not much to it. Um, the other shows two Monday teenagers discovering a portal in their Monday world to a fantasy world, and that's kind of it. Um, so, so far, like considering the five-year development process so far, at least from MIs, from... Yeah, like his involvement, I kind of wonder quite where development is. <laughs> it's kind of hard to put, like, because from the concept art, you'd kind of think it's not very far along, and it probably isn't really, and especially without a title. <laughs> um, but if it, there's been five years of some work on it, I kind of wonder quite where it is, especially if they're ready to announce it. Yeah, what do you, what, what were you guys' reaction to a new IP announcement from Blizzard? I'm torn because. The blizzard we have now is not the blizzard back then. Mm. Do we trust this blizzard to get things right? You know, like to to like, you know, be not creatively bankrupt, to take into account what players actually want, and to not use like and not crunch to get this game done. You know what I mean? Like, I think expectations are a bit different, even from when Overwatch was. Uh, announced, which was like what seven years ago now. Like it's that was like the last time Blizzard brought out a new property. So that I think that's like my main concern. Although like kind of those three things in terms of can Blizzard pull it off? Wh what do you think, I? I mean, frankly, I I don't think so. Blizzard has lost my trust in this respect. No. Which yeah. Um, which might partly be because I never never really got into Warcraft or Hearthstone or all the Blizzard properties that people love. I liked Overwatch, which, from what I see, people don't love anymore. Uh, so, yeah. so, this is what I mean. It's I'm the weird one. <laughs> I'm the Mass Effect 3. <laughs> You're the Mass Effect 3. <laughs> um, but, I mean... I am the Mass Effect 3 now. 
Even <laughs> so, even I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't apologize. That was hilarious. <laughs> but, and even anyway, the sorry. the concept art. Oh, it's a fantasy world with axes and quivers. Wow, really, really stretching yeah. those creative juices there, aren't you, Blizzard? Nice one. <laughs> Ew. Get oh, those man. juices away from me. Yeah, it's not the most tell intriguing. Me there, are, there are dwarves in it too. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. It's it's. I don't know. I'm just worried. That's all, John. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, I was just gonna say it's like Overwatch was their last thing, last new one, and that was like a very big success. Even though they've kind of dropped the ball on it the last couple of years since they announced the second one, and things have been very quiet. <laughs> otherwise. But otherwise, like you know, Overwatch is like a big success for a new property, so it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt them so much, but mm. I can understand why you would. <laughs> but I'm, it's like, I'm sure it will be successful. Mm. I'm not confident it will be good. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Sounds fair. Sounds fair. That's, oh. yeah. Because especially with like the oh. shit show of Overwatch Two mm. and. Like how some things are coming back to Overwatch One, but then Overwatch Two is going to have a lot more co- like kind of co-op elements and stuff. Anyway, it seems messy. Sorry, sorry, John. That is a good point, actually. Like that, like everything we've heard about Overwatch Two seems very jumbled and sort of without a clear direction, without a clear yeah. goal for it, other than just getting another one out, seemingly. Mm. So it's like I, that's like a good, it's a good like example to point to for like you know doubting what Blizzard up um, can do today. Um, but just to wrap it up, um, there was a separate, um, I guess, rumor um, from the Xbox Two podcast where Windows Central's Jez Corden said that Blizzard is working on at least one other unannounced game. Um, not sure if this would be like an existing IP or another original one. I'm not sure. Um, but, quote, I've been told that Blizzard's roadmap is very strong, end quote. So I guess under Microsoft, we could see a lot more new blood. Um, from Blizzard compared to how they've been last decade <laughs> where they haven't gotten too much out. But um, Wow, I n- never even thought about that. Um, that that uh, Their roadmap is looking strong. This makes me think of a phrase, something about the road to hell and what it might be paved <laughs> with. I just It's on the tip of my tongue. Mm. Uh, you are... You are, you are the... Uh, the Optimist of this podcast, <laughs> we love it. That's we need me. This. They they call me Jolly Guy. <laughs> that's what the beard's about. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, I guess that's going to wrap up the major news stories from this past week. Uh, you know, I guess feel free to to speculate in the comments or speculate, uh, you know, online like in our Discord, doublejump.co. Um, head over on there. We've got links to all of our social media and everything. We'd love to hear. What What do you think's on this roadmap? I think we've confirmed Diablo 4, Overwatch 2. You know, there's, uh, I guess, Untitled Survival Game and potentially at least one more game. Like, what do you guys think this game could be? Um, I, The rumors kind of point to StarCraft, but I don't know what to expect Wait, from does a it. Really? <laughs> I, was I guess that. one of the things was um, Simu Liu from uh, Shang-Chi fame actually tweeted about, you know, save StarCraft. And then Mikey Barra replied to that tweet with a wink, like a, like a smiley face. So it's like mm. people are just jumping on that as like, oh my God, 
Oh my god, we're saved. <laughs> oh, okay. It's interesting. So who knows? Like if that's it like that could just be just you know, like a wink and a nod. Literally from like one part of the media to the other. Could be nothing mm. more than that, but I mean, it took four years for Simu Liu to become Shang Chi from from his first tweet. So maybe that's something that four years down the track we can see something <laughs> coming from Blizzard in form of StarCraft three. It'll make him develop it. <laughs> oh god there's a joke about Chinese sweatshops there that I'm not going to go into but what I will go into is the fact that uh, you know let's talk about some of the, the kind of the off topic stuff uh, that we've been delving into talked about a hat in time that was a lot of fun to see you play on stream like quite a while ago now but like what do you think overall about the game now that you've had more time to play it and it's been a little while i think you know playing it just by myself really lets me appreciate how cute it is for as long as i want and obviously when i was streaming it i was not able to run around in tiny circles uh for (laughs) 15 minutes straight because I had to get to the levels. I had to <laughs> show off the game a bit. Uh, but now I can just spin the camera around and be like, gee whiz, this game is adorable. Uh, wow, that's... that's um, you know what? And, yeah, really enjoying the Good. DLC, which um, obviously hasn't come out on PlayStation where I originally played it. Mm. Oh, really? Um, so, oh. yeah, it, Surprising. it never came out, which is very sad. Um, wow. But I am, I am enjoying it. That's a surprise. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but yeah, uh, I you're playing um, on Switch. I am, yes. Mm. Right. Yeah, I will say, uh, Switch in big screen TV mode, the graphics are janky as hell. Right. <laughs> um, it is a game to play in little small handheld mode. Right. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> like I've like yeah. I've got my like, I've got like the big TV in the lounge room, but my Switch has been sitting in the drawer for like like a year now I bet I'm like I want to take it out and maybe move the dock and plug it into my like my monitor maybe on a smaller screen it may not be as bad like, <laughs> like I feel like a monitor would be a good size screen yeah mm. that's the thing because yeah. I'm like like the switch is good enough, but it's not very ergonomic to play while holding I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go out there and be like I've got like you know it's very flat but then even if you get like I've got like this silicon cover that kind of gives you like grips on the end right but even then it's not the best but I got a pro controller. I'm like, why don't I just like sit down in front of my desk on the monitor and play with the pro pro controller? Sorry, the pro controller. Uh, like, I think that might be a, a better way to get the most out of the Switch. Yeah, that's yeah. sounds like a good idea. <laughs> it sounds better yes. before it. This like when you said the Switch is like in a drawer, it looks so sad in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Father, why did you make me? <laughs> This screen occasionally just flickers on, shows a sad face, and then turns off again. <laughs> it's just passive-aggressive. And I'm pretty sure, like, leaving it like that is probably not good for the battery anyway. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to bring it... I'm going to put it on the desk. going to give it a little home here. <laughs> I can pat it. I can Neglectful pat switch, it. Dad. A beer. <laughs> <laughs> next, next minute, I'm just going to come back, and my, my one of my cats has just knocked it off the desk. And be like, you don't belong here. <laughs> anyway... I guess, uh, John, you also talked about um, what you've been playing. 
Yes, and I guess um, this might be a better time to talk about it because you know <laughs> it's already. Uh, I don't know. This is this is. Uh, I love the breathing space that this gives us now. Yeah, it's it's nice not to have like have that you know undercurrent of <laughs> like get to the point. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. So I finished the DLC for Horizon. Not forbidden. <laughs> What's the called again? Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn. Dawn. And the oh. DLC is called the Forbidden Wilds. No, that's no, the main it's game. It's called the Frozen <laughs> Wilds. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> oh, I forgot now. It's almost as if and it's called Forbidden uh, West, titles are that's very it. generic. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help. <laughs> but, um, anyway, Zero I finished Dawn. the... I think I, I'd finished the main game by last week. Um, yeah. And so I finished the DLC within you know last mm-hmm. week and now. Um, yeah, and I was really surprised at how much of an upgrade... DLC saw, which I think you mentioned earlier. Where it's like mm. it's. I was expecting a mild upgrade, but it's like a real jump in quality. Oh yeah, wait, didn't I talk about this already? <laughs> yeah, like I, you you talked about it, but I think that was like you hadn't finished it yet, so you hadn't right had okay. as much time. I won't go into that then. Um, but the story <laughs> itself, it kind of re- like it kind of feels like a repeat of the main game actually, like the overall arc that you follow, like as a narrative. But it's um, I don't know. I was kind of like happy, yeah, because that's something that pointed as which I might have talked about, was, like, the whole DLC to- is, like, focused on the Banuk tribe, because there's, like, a f- there's... I think there's four tribes in the main game, and the Banuk tribe are, like, these really mystical um, people who kind of, like, that's how they interpret it, interpret the machines, is, like, mm-hmm. in kind of, like, through this, like, you know, mystical lens, rather than through everyone else's kind of, like, very broad tribal kind of approach, which isn't very interesting to me. Um, okay. And it's There's like, like a grey area there say, where they're they, not evil, <laughs> specifically. Uh, yeah. They look through it with this mystical lens uh, that they access through their binoculars. We <laughs> don't. I guess. But I'll like. We, yeah, I just. Like, <laughs> we broke <laughs> John. Uh, I think I was like. <laughs> I think I was like broken beforehand. <laughs> I don't know why, um, but I w- yeah okay. Just to finish up because of some reason, like the words aren't really like settling in my head very well too. Yeah. But um, yeah, the Banuk tribe are like easily the most compelling to me, and the whole DLC focuses just on them, and the DLC, and it's like the story is made better for it by having these like this compelling world and culture around it compared to everyone compared to the main game where it's like. I don't know, just to me personally, like, so so much less interesting than what's going on in the DLC. It's like, and it also has, like, it does a better job with, like, landmarks, with, like, the envir- environment design. Like, I was surprised at how the entire entirety of the DLC felt like an upgrade to the main game. So that's kind of made me really excited for Bidden West when I can buy it for less than $125 in two years <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, so is that what you're, what you're hoping for from the sequel? More of a uh, focus? On the Binooks? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, <but laughs> I mean, if you, you're going to see it uh, like from the lens of a a, link, a certain length of time, so I'm sure it'll be a bit different. Yeah. yeah. Just um, a, a real tighter magnification of this tribe and what they're going through. <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. That's, That's enough. Thing. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> you um, know what? Uh, let's, uh, like, speaking of seeing things with both eyes open, uh, let's talk about... I guess that the Halo trailer that dropped uh, over the last couple of days, I'm not sure if either of you have had the chance to, to see it, but 
I did. But I watched uh, it earlier today. It's uh, interesting to say the least. I I love the fact that the voice of Cortana is in the show, even though like the, the, like the actress whoever's portraying the, the, the character model is different. But I'm like, if you've done that work, why not get Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief? Because like this guy, he sounds like he's doing a like his best Batman. <laughs> mm. It's a bit like um, Henry Cavill playing Geralt, where it feels like you're doing he's doing a bit of an interpretation, or like a oh no, what's the word? <laughs> an homage um, or something. Yeah, it's like impersonation is the word I wanted. Yeah, it feels like he's kind okay. of trying to do the voice known voice rather than kind of like bring his own. Which is like the. That's probably the part of Witcher that I don't like is his voice is so annoying to me. <laughs> it's just like, why Why does he sound like that? I was pretty fine with it, actually. But I'm not a huge Halo fan. I'm I'm mm. not a huge Halo fan either. Like, I, I enjoy it whenever I play it, but it's not something I actively try to get copies of. Mm. Um, it seems like this is going to be a very lore-heavy show, um, which yeah. I think... I guess is what Halo fans want. Yeah. But I don't know, but people the, seem the very part chuffed this, about it. It seems like it's it's like a it's not following any of the stories in the games. So it's telling its own story where like humanity knows of the Halo rings and humanity's trying to get to the Halo to find a way to fight the Covenant. Whereas in the games the Halo rings are kind of accidentally discovered by humanity. We think it's a covenant weapon or something, but it turns out to be something more sinister. And like, it's it's interesting. Like, y- you're trying to please the law fans, but then you're also throwing out all the law that you're you know, y- that you've built up over like twenty plus years. So it's like, what do they? What? Who is this for? I mean, I'm I'm gonna fall on the sword of my own ignorance. I thought humanity made the halo rings until today. Oh. Uh, that's that was what I believed Halo was about. I thought they were our our ah. idea. Um, so I'm excited to to watch the show and find out who made them. <laughs> it's, you've played Halo, right? I've played Halo, but I've played oh. multiplayer like on the couch with my mates. Okay, that <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I, I'm kind of in yeah, the same okay. boat as Kai in that I didn't know that either. But yep. uh, like, I don't think. I don't know, I never thought about the world of Halo lot much. I think you explained the premise of something, <laughs> like of like the general Halo <laughs> something, series. Something, alien. Yeah, something. like a few, like a month ago or so. Oh no, I think before <laughs> our break, like last well, year. And right. like, I think that was like the first time I've gotten any sense of the story or world <laughs> in Halo. Well, so. basically, like the premise of Halo 1 is that, you know, with the, this alien race, this like religious, zealot alien race called the Covenant have started attacking human colonies We've lost one of our planets, Reach, and basically what happens as we're escaping there, we get attacked on one of our ships, and um, and we just do a random jump in space, and we end up near this thing called Halo. And we th- we're not sure what it exactly is. We thought it might be the Covenant who made it or something, but it turns out that um, it's actually a, a weapon created by an ancient race called the Forerunners to basically destroy all sentient life in the galaxy which forms as kind of like food for this threat called the flood like this parasitic threat called the flood i mean the flood is basically decimating any planet it gets to so how do you get rid of it you starve it destroy all life 
and then you restore it later by like these things called seeds where you basically set up life and like you re replant i guess living things in right. all these planets afterwards i'm i'm going back i'm doubling down humanity made the halos wiped <laughs> everyone out and then came back and is now like who made these i mean technically it's funny you say that because what happened was the forerunners this ancient advanced race had a fight with ancient humanity which was also advanced and they won and what they did was they basically wiped out like most of humanity and sent them back to earth primitive earth and what they did was they like de-evolved us to cave people so we actually used to be advanced and you know a mighty like kind of space like fighting whatever like warrior like species and then we were de-evolved and then we forgot everything that ever happened like that there's, there was all these like forerunners and all this advanced tech and everything and now we're rediscovering and then we're like who the hell made this halos and so you, you're kind of right there that that did happen I, in halo <laughs> i love it i have blindly stumbled into being correct <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that's um yeah like i think it looks like I, I think it looks as good as what you can kind of make a halo story like i i watched i think it was halo like there was halo forward unto dawn which was kind of like the web series and there was also halo ah oh fuck i have no idea what it was called but it was like the halo series that was made with like a, like a proper budget like ridley scott's kind of production company was like involved in it somehow and stuff like that mm. um that's where the character of like uh spartan lock who's portrayed by uh i think mike coulter who played luke cage in like the marvel netflix series of luke cage and the the defenders so that's like kind of like where that part of halo comes from but this definitely seems like somewhere in between a web series level and that series but like with a bigger special effects budget so you know i'm, I'm cautiously optimistic it's on paramount plow paramount plus so it means that i have no idea how i'm going to watch it when it comes out here in australia is paramount plus here yeah i think, I think so yeah all right well maybe I think, i'll try yeah, the trial i think dex is on it and a few other things i don't think there's much <laughs> to it right. yet well hopefully it's not yeah. a dexter <laughs> well, hope, hopefully i'd imagine they're really hoping that halo will be their big killer app and will get everyone onto paramount plus i think that is the idea yeah like they're spending a lot of money on it it's um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna be interesting because like you know it's it's you're, you're messing with a, f a huge fan base here let's <laughs> <laughs> be careful yeah. <laughs> uh well i guess like quickly touch on the fact that joe rogan's come out and apologized for all this misinformation he's been doing on his podcasts his basic defense was, I'm really sorry about what's happened, but you have to understand that everything we talk about is basically off-the-cuff conversations, stream of con consciousness. I don't think that excuses the fact that, you know, there's people on there who apparently claim to be doctors and stuff and are, like, spouting, like, blatant, unsupported claims. And he himself has been, like, talking about, you know, ivermectin and helping his diagnosis and stuff. Mm. Like, he is a giant... He, he, like, I admit, like, sometimes, like, I have listened to his podcasts and stuff and, and been interested in it, but I guess it, it just comes across as, like, the dumb conversation someone might have when they're high and they think they're having really philosoph philosophical, smart 
conversations and it actually is just a bunch of dumb stuff. I think that's just his podcast, but amplified to millions of people around the world. So I'm glad, yeah. The best take I've heard on it was that in the past we didn't need Joe Rogan because you'd go to your friend's house and their 25-year-old brother would come out and tell you aliens built the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> yep, because of some obscure DVD that they pirated online. Yeah, and they like always smell a little bit like miscellaneous substance. <laughs> Roswell's real, man. Roswell's real. And, um, Dude. <laughs> you don't even know, man. <laughs> They're actually tracking us, like, all the time. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, like, artists like Neil Young came out and basically he told his, like, like company saying, hey, pull all of my music from Spotify, and that's what happened. Like, he basically, like, I think some estimates saying, like, he could have lost 60% of his, like, income from streaming is just gone. So he's kind of, like, one of the people who's put his money where his mouth is. And he is notoriously always high. So, like, if, if this high guy with his own thoughts thinks Joe Rogan's full of shit, like that's saying something. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was tracked by the cat. Um, oh, but <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that was a cat in on ABS feed. <laughs> yeah, my, for listeners, my, my girl cat is like, I'm fucking hungry. I don't care if you're recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say that it's like Spotify's attempt at like adding the COVID warnings into mm. relevant podcasts is like, <laughs> it's like so like not. <laughs> it's like completely unhelpful. Mm. It doesn't do anything um yeah an an apology is nice and all joe uh can i call you joe um but what you've got to do from now is fix it yeah stop having people on your show professing to be things they're not and just spouting bullshit yeah and just don't talk about it then just don't talk about covid yeah you can't if you can't why does joe rogan have a podcast anyway who is he it's uh, just because he's just one of those like feels like he's just a guy. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he he was like he's a his martial arts background former U- he's like a form, yeah, like a UFC pundit slash commentator. He's, he's also a, like a well known host. Like, do you remember Fear Effect? Oh, sorry, Fear Factor, which is like the show where people like did all these challenges for money, and he was like the host of that. So he kind of like oh my God. over the years got more famous. It was that guy. Yeah. So why are people guy. going to Fear Factor guy for medical and he's advice? He's also a comedian as well. Like, he's yeah, I was about to say it's like he's technically yeah. a stand-up as well. Yeah, he's technically now. a stand-up comedian slash commentator slash uh, like pundit slash so, host. So yeah, he's so like a bit of everything. That's why people like him. And like, frankly speaking, like the episodes where he, it's just about UFC and things like that, they're the best because um, you actually get to go in depth with these fighters and stuff. But yeah. Um, well. Th- seems like he's found a, a real niche that he has expertise in maybe he could do a podcast on that this is why next week we're not going to come on and talk about ivermectin no we've we've actually um give health yeah um, we're we're bringing on joe rogan he's going to be the, the the in the third chair next week we're yeah we're going to get his expert opinions on uh activision blizzard and uh bungee and weird probably <laughs> uh, don't worry we will have a warning uh, saying that he doesn't know anything about gaming, that you should go seek official sources for gaming news. Um, but just thought we'd let you know that. But did you see the thing about... Did you see what the chaser did? Oh, yeah. Oh, you've got to right. be more specific. So the chaser basically spoofed Spotify, basically created... Like, used 
the same artwork, the same name as a Joe Rogan podcast. And it like a lot of people subscribe to it. And it basically the, there was like one thing where they're like basically spoof, spoofing Joe Rogan and saying, you know, vaccines are work. Here are some resources you to go, you should go to. And like so many people got duped by that. And then like um, Spotify is like kind of taking it down and stuff now. But it's like, it's oh, funny okay. how quickly they responded to, you know, like proper information about COVID. If only they did the same thing with misinformation about COVID. Yeah, I think there was like some co- like comment from them after people figured it out saying it's mm. like, well, they don't take, like they're fine with misinformation. So we're not really worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> about it getting yeah. taken down. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, yeah. <sighs> anyway. You know what? You know what I heard on another podcast? Okay. Sorry. Completely unrelated. All right. Apparently Bobby Kotick, as like a joke, said, uh, you know, all this bad press, how about we just buy a press outlet? And apparently he was in like, like, you know, PC Gamer and Qatar, like the, like the leaders of those two, like didn't comment. So it was like, I wonder if it was legit him being like a, you know, like Jeff Bezos or something and just like buying the freaking like outlet the Washington to stop. Post. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. is it, if it was legit or if it was just like kind of like something off the cuff that someone just took, you know, and, 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 and went to the, the press with. Oh, it's, it's 100%. Oh, no. It's got to be both. <laughs> what if we bought like the press outlet, JK, unless? Yeah. Unless? <laughs> yeah. Like, Sounds right. <laughs> he's got the checkbook. He's just signing the check. Like, right there. It doesn't sound like something that would like really work either. <laughs> Like, yeah. I feel like in game media, like there's already barely an, enough oxygen for news we get. Like, I feel yeah. like we don't really need to bury it much. But um, yeah, like, yeah, just games s- journalists have all the power. What are you gonna do? Dock my pay? to do it for another episode of double jump radio if you like what you heard please subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever uh, platform you're using potentially you're, you're listening on spotify in in which case spotify has never done anything wrong um please don't sue us <laughs> but you can also go over to doublejump.co to read all of our awesome articles uh including the game of the year post that we mentioned above as well as lucas's latest deep dive into infinity um but kai thank you so much for joining us it's always a pleasure to have you on uh if people want to find you online what's uh, the best place to find you always a pleasure you can follow me the real joe rogan at kai <laughs> underscore holroyd on twitter uh. <laughs> oh god and uh i guess it's a long um, shot but if this pays off it's gonna be huge <laughs> i'm sure you'll have a knock on the door like Spotify is like hey you can't say that (laughs) Uh, but John thank you again as always always a pleasure to to, uh, shoot the shit with you and I guess just like kind of go on weird tangents (laughs) yeah uh, yeah thanks guys my mind's kind of like my mind definitely like shorted out like half an hour ago (laughs) Um, yeah you heard um, you heard Halo and you're like mine my mind can only handle so much lore (laughs) No, it's definitely when you ask me about Horizon, it's like, oh, damn it, the words, like, they're just not working anymore. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah. 
a quick PSA for everyone at home. Apparently, if you go, if you're an Amazon Prime member, if you happen to have an Amazon Prime membership or access to one, you can actually get Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for free on PC, or like included as part of like the Prime gaming loot that happens every month or so. So, hey, I guess uh, that kind of ties into some of the news we talked about. Uh, full disclosure: we don't get any payment or any affiliation with that. It's just happened to be something I saw. <laughs> Sorry. And obviously, <laughs> if you if you work at Amazon, unionize. That'll tie into the other one. <laughs> oh, God, leave. Just run. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Kai, John, hope you guys have a wonderful week. And until next time, everyone, look out for one another. Peace. Bye. Farewell. Farewell.